dirt road in a gooseneck saddle up with me dry land in God's country crops far as I can see headlights on both ends of my day this country life is for me ride with us HPJ ride with us Welcome, folks, to HPJ Talk, the podcast from High Plains Journal, bringing the ag news and commentary of the week to you. I'm Associate Editor Jennifer M. Latsky, and I'm joined by my colleague, Associate Editor Kayleen Scott. Hey, Kayleen. Hi, Jenny. So, we're in the home stretch. We are about two weeks away from the uh, Cattle U, our kickoff inaugural Cattle U event. How are you? How are you feeling, Kayleen? Are you pumped? Sure. <laughs> You're supposed to say sure. I did say sure. <laughs> that is as enthusiastic as Kayleen gets people. She's she's beaming. Um, yes. We're excited here. I don't know about you, but I am absolutely I'm, I'm absolutely excited that we are bringing in a whole group of cattlemen to Dodge City, Kansas. In the middle of Dodge City days, I mean, it's right there. We get to go to the rodeo that night Yeah. in between the two days. I'm, I'm excited. I, I love going to the rodeo, and I think it'll be a, a fun event. Um, got great speakers on the lineup. My goodness. Yeah, it sounds like there's going to be some, some good ones that you won't want to miss. For sure. And I know we keep flogging this, guys, but <laughs> you can still register. There's plenty of time. Um, and when you register, don't forget to pick up tickets for the rodeo. Uh, you can actually buy them easier through us than you can um, in some other outlets. So yeah. you might be able to actually get a block of tickets with us versus going to um, going um, to the regular routine outlets because those tickets sell fast. Yes, so they do. If you had any inkling that you wanted to go to this event, uh, bring the whole family, bring the kiddos. There's plenty for everybody to do um, if they don't want to go to the meeting and they want to just send you along to the meeting. That's fine, but uh, I'm really I'm really tickled. We've got uh, Glenn Klippenstein from Protect the Harvest, mm-hmm. and uh, he sounds like he's going to be a really great speaker to talk about what exactly is Protect the Harvest and what are they doing to combat um, animal rights groups. And I think he's going to be a, a real kicker for yeah, us. Yeah, so. he's going to wrap up the the day and a half. So hopefully. Everybody can get some good information out of what he's got to say and what other the other speakers that we've got too. So, mm-hmm. yep, yep, and we're uh, we're finishing up the the slate of speakers for our sorghum U slash wheat U that's coming up the week after cattle U. <laughs> two weeks after is it two? No, it's the fourteenth. It's, it's the fourteenth. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Got you're, a little time in there, so. Hey, you know what? I don't even know if I'm coming or going. <laughs> what's that? What's that? That line from uh, Steel Magnolias is he doesn't know whether to wind his butt or scratch his watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's all the downhill slide after the Fourth of July. The school supplies come out, and then school starts, and then before you know it, it's Christmas. Well, if you look at Hobby Lobby, it's Christmas right now. Yes. <laughs> no, but Sorghum U and Wheat U, we've got some excellent speakers on tap for that. I am tickled about that because it's the first time we're going to combine two of our crop U's together. 
um, you know, we haven't had this before where we brought our wheat uh, farmers and our sorghum farmers together in the same facility. I think there's a lot of learning to be happening between the two groups. Yeah, and they're complementary crops as far as the planting systems go. So I'm sure there'll be something new that anybody can learn if they want to go learn about wheat and sorghum. Let's see. We've already got uh, on tap for that uh, Romulo Lolato from Kansas State and uh, Jordan Bell from Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service is going to be talking about forage sorghum. You know, we ha- we always uh, bring in some really great speakers that talk about some of the latest research that's out there, but our emphasis this year is mostly on how can you take that research and apply it at home. You know, we're not just talking about facts and figures and and one more research um, presentation to tick off on the on the check mark on the check mark box um, on your list for for tenure. <laughs> those are fine. Those are great. We love those. But this really is an emphasis on going home and changing up what you're doing just to get a little bit more out value out of your crop. And we all know with the prices that are out there, our wheat farmers and our sorghum farmers, they need every little bit that they can get. Right, Kayleen? Yes, they do. Okay. Well, beyond all of that, it is toasty toasty out there. Yeah, it's pretty warm. How you doing? Fine. I, don't, I like the heat. I don't, I hate being cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sharing a room with her when we're on the road, it's uh, it's interesting. I snore and I like it icebox cold. Now, I don't mind the cold when I'm sleeping, but <laughs> if it's 100 degrees in July, it's supposed to be 100 degrees in July. You are in Kansas. You are not in Alaska or somewhere farther north. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, the older I get, the more, um, the less patience I have for being uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm done. I have done my time being uncomfortable and I don't want to be uncomfortable anymore. Well, I have that feeling for humidity. I do not deal well with humidity. I like being from the desert where there is 30% or less humidity. So yeah, that's my gripe about the summer. I don't like humidity. <laughs> um, I'm kind of with you there. After living in Western Kansas for 19 years, every time I go back east of Salina, <laughs> You can chew the air. Yes. I don't know how I grew up in that environment. That's just I incredible. don't know how you did either. <laughs> Ugh, you can swim through the air. Well, it's hot out there. We really hope that you all are staying hydrated. And I know there are some guys that are listening to this that are saying to themselves, I don't need the sunscreen. I don't need the extra protection. Neener, neener. I want my farmer tan. <laughs> but here, do me a favor, guys. Do your families a favor. Put the sunscreen on. Or wear long sleeves. My husband wears long sleeves year-round, and he's always got a hat on, and he takes care of himself that way, and he always tries to stay hydrated, and there's always water in the beer cooler, so (laughs) it kind of one defeats the other, but it is what it is. Well, we want you to be around a long time. Your families want you to be around a long time. I um, caught wind on Facebook the other day of a promotion out of I believe it's South Dakota and this dermatologist she grew up on a family farm her brother still farms and she realized that um, the baseball giveaway caps they don't cover but your front of your face like maybe a a third of your face (laughs) not even a full half 
and there are these things called boonie caps. Now, some of y'all out there might be at, like Kayleen. Don't know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, picture, if you will, the hat that Mr. Wilson off of uh, Home Improvement used to wear. You know, those fishing caps that have the brim that go all the way around or or maybe those those floppy caps that uh, our armed forces often wear when they're in a jungle environment. Mm -hmm. Okay, those are boonie caps. And they're, they're flexible, they're easily foldable, manipulated, etc. But they have a brim that goes all the way around. And it covers the back of your neck, it covers your shoulders a little bit, it covers the tops of your ears, covers your face. These are spots that are prime places for melanoma. And we have got to be more vigilant, especially with the sun. Um, you know, we, we've we've just got a more intense sun, it feels yeah, like, anymore. It does. Um, I know my dad, we used to measure time <laughs> by the deepening of his farmer tan. <laughs> you know, it was, it, you could tell it was April because it was just starting to, just starting to come on. There was a hint. <laughs> there was a hint, a hint of bronze. By August, September, that man was dark. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of like the little kids that you see at the pool that spend every single day at the pool. Their hair is blonde and they're pretty dark brown. Exactly. <laughs> so that was then. Like I wrote about this week in my column, that was then. This is now. Let's start up in our different. Let's start changing up our farmer uniform and think sun protection because there are people that love you and want you around a little bit longer. Okay, I'm doing it. I'm 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 the worst person about applying sunscreen when I've been out in the middle of dust and icky stuff. But even I, the spray on sunscreen, that stuff's not too shabby, you know? It <laughs> if works. you get it on in the right places. <laughs> I have a streak on my leg from the last time we went to the pool. <laughs> yes, well, you have to apply it <laughs> and reapply <laughs> and reapply. Um so that's our that's our uh, PSA for PSA the day. PSA for the day. Yes, yes. Um What'd you do this weekend? What did we do? Oh, we went to the ranch rodeo and, or not the ranch rodeo, the KPRA rodeo in Ashland. Yeah. And my husband was in the ranch Bronx and. How'd he do? He was fourth and they paid three. Hey, but he was fourth. And he broke a rib, so. <laughs> you didn't tell me he broke a rib. Yeah. He was getting off on the pickup man and kind of jammed his snuff can that was in his front shirt pocket and pushed it down and is he okay yeah he went to the doctor yes monday and it's broken for sure and before he knew it was broke he went sunday to lake into the cape ray and rode in the ranch bronx again so he's pretty sore is it gonna be fixed surgery what do we gotta worry about it'll heal oh, okay and he's got some battle wounds on that side of his rib cage anyway from, from getting, broken ribs so <laughs> from getting off and the doctor, onto the yeah the doctor's <laughs> like how many have you broken <laughs> yeah he's fine he went ahead and entered another rodeo in two weeks and the doctor's like oh go ahead and enter see how you feel and i'll write you a, a <laughs> medical release if you need one so all right okie dokie okie dokie <laughs> do you want me to remind him that he's got family and loved ones that care about him <laughs> he's a grown-up <laughs> well i uh i did something goofy this weekend i got a wild hair and if you know Kayleen's over here smiling and nodding. She's like, and? <laughs> this is new? This is new. So I got a wild hair. Um, I had found this this old beat-up bunt cake pan at a, at a thrift store. And a couple of weeks back, I found this cute little succul succulent plant. 
I thought, oh, I'll just put it in there and I'll make it into a succulent garden. Now, if you're if you're a gardener like me, you realize that succulents are a they're like a, a little cactus, except they're not spiny. They're just kind of pretty and <laughs> whatever. And you can't kill them. I mean, you really have to work hard to kill these things. So I, I buy this plant and I'm thinking, you know what? It looks kind of lonely. I'll add a couple of more plants in there. So I added more plants and then I got to thinking, I'm I bet you I can make that into what they call a fairy garden. Now, a fairy garden is pretty much one of these things that I don't know who invented it. I'm sure it was some gardening center that was trying to sell a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, you basically turn it into like a little doll playhouse kind of thing. And I'm thinking, I'm going to go and I'm going to find some fairy garden materials and I'm going to do this thing. I I thought I could just go to one store and get it done. Four stores later... (laughs) And 50 bucks dropped at our local antique store (laughs) because you can't just go into an antique store and find one thing. You find 42 things that you need to come home with. Um, I have a fairy garden that is a farmer fairy garden. Nice. Yeah, I found a little tractor and a little trailer and a little bag of flour. Yeah. This thing started off as a wild hare and now it's like my mission in life. (laughs) (laughs) She will have to share a picture of it on social media. You know what? That thing is going to the county fair in open class, and I'm getting, I'm keeping the ribbon if I get one, because it is stinking adorable. It really is. I know where you can find some black cows instead of the black and white cows that you have stuck in there. <laughs> well, I was gonna paint the cow black. Cows, calves, bulls have them all. I can have a whole herd. <laughs> yes, red ones, black ones. You know what? I, I showed a picture to my I sent a picture to my mom and she said it's cute, but your dad says, What's up with that cow? <laughs> <laughs> it was a dollar tree cow. It was a buck. Okay, I'm not spending a whole lot of money on a cow that's gonna get into a fairy garden. Um, I may have gone to four different stores, but it's not gonna cost me more than eight bucks for this whole thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was my Saturday. And my Sunday. Awesome. <laughs> I had other things I could have been doing. What the heck? You may need, sometimes you need to explore the city and find stuff for your projects. No, that was just me procrastinating because I didn't want to mow the lawn because it was so ungodly hot. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was uh, me trying to beat the heat. My flowers are doing good. My garden, my replanted tomato plants are about to give up the ghost i i just don't think i'm i I don't think i'm a tomato grower (laughs) you know i've got a couple of peppers that'll have to do made some guacamole this weekend so yay team not too shabby hit up the farmer's market too have you hit up our farmer's market i want to go but i don't want to drag my bratty kids with me so i haven't been yet (laughs) you know i i like going to the farmer's market now look i'm not some hippy dippy whatever that i gotta have you know, I don't care about labels. You know what I love about the farmer's market? I can look the guy in the eye and go, I know that you, I, yeah, I get the best zucchini from you every year. Mm-hmm. And your tomatoes are always so much better than everybody else's. Now, you and I know what the secret to the good tomatoes is. <laughs> you know, fertilizer. <laughs> so of I the horse kind? <laughs> I don't know what manure he's using, but he's using good manure. <laughs> And we're 14 minutes in, and there's your first poop joke. Well, 
longer than it normally is. But that's the beautiful part about going to a farmer's market. Um, The week before I'd gone and I was wearing a pork checkoff shirt that had the cuts of pork on it. (laughs) And there just happened to be a lady there that was selling um, farm-raised pork sausages and hams and things like that out of a cooler in the back of a pickup. (laughs) You know, any any other place buying meat out of a cooler in the back of a pickup would be sketchy. A farmer's market? No, no, no. That's kitschy. <laughs> <laughs> what you do is look at the label and make sure it's got the little USDA stamp on it. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. Um, and so we had a good conversation. I, I like wearing shirts like that to farmer's markets and places like Whole Foods and Trader <laughs> Joe's. Um, you want to you see some people lose their minds, you bring a Monsanto reusable um, grocery sack <laughs> to Trader Joe's. <laughs> They'd probably lose their minds. It's awesome. (laughs) They look at it like it's a nuclear time bomb. (laughs) So anyway, that's how I I beat the heat. So So how do you beat the heat? You can drop us a line at hpjtalk at hpj.com, or you can let us know what you're up to in your area. Or you can always give us a call at the office, 1-800-452-7171. So in this week's episode, we're going to bring you the stories you might have missed in the July 15th print edition. We'll have a conversation with Kansas Wheat's Cindy Falk about the upcoming bread sculpture contest Kansas Wheat's sponsoring at the Kansas State Fair this September. Then, of course, Kayleen will bring us the latest on grain markets, and we'll have some final thoughts. So if you're like me, dig deep for that purple popsicle. (laughs) Or orange if you're partial to it like me. Or you can have them at 7 o'clock in the morning like Chance, my youngest. <laughs> hey, it's hot at 7 o'clock in the morning. Popsicles are always appropriate, Mom. <laughs> and hang in there and ride with us on HPJ Talk. This week's cover story is from contributor Lacey Newland. Stopping short on safety has dire consequences. Lacey interviewed University of Oklahoma medical student Tyler Zander, who lost a leg in a grain bin floor auger accident in 2011. The National Children's Center for Rural and Agricultural Health and Safety reports that a child dies in an ag-related incident once every three days, and 33 children are injured each day. Inside on page three, Kayleen writes about Iowa State University's research into different cow-calf production systems, from extended grazing to limit grazing. Then, on pages 13 to 15, we have updates from our all-aboard wheat harvest crews from the road, brought to us by John Deere, Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children, Unverfurth Manufacturing, and High Plains Journal. And for added photos, videos, and the popular combine cam, visit online at allaboardharvest.com. This week, Tracy Ziorian writes from Garden City, Kansas, where she saw two land spouts form in a storm. Laura Hafner writes from Southeast Colorado, where dry land yields are a surprising and outstanding range of 70 to 90 bushels per acre. Brian Jones is in Sublet, Kansas, and he's gearing up to move on to Mineola with a quicker harvest. And Janelle Shemper writes from Kansas, where a combine repair snafu had the team sidelined for a time. On our opinions and editorial page, page six, managing editor Dave Bergmeier has the opinion spot with next up, 
many unknowns and opportunity, where he cautions farmers to buckle up for the second half of the year in markets because of unpredictability. Seymour clearly reminds readers that agriculture has had done its part to help clean up the environment, and guest editorial from RCAF USA takes the stand that implementing a 5% tariff on imports of Mexican cattle will restore lost opportunities for U.S. producers. In the livestock section, contributor Laura Hankey writes about a partnership to capture renewable natural gas from the nearly 2 million hogs that have circulated through Smithsfield Hog Productions Northern Missouri operations each year. And Dave Bergenweyer brings us a speaker preview for Cattle U July 31st and August 1st in Dodge City. Glenn Klippenstein is a past president of Protect the Harvest and will inform cattlemen about the activities of animal rights groups and others that threaten ag and what Protect the Harvest is doing to address those threats. Remember, you can still register for this first ever Cattle U and Trade Show at www.cattleu.net. While you're registering, don't forget to purchase discounted tickets to our world-famous PRCA Roundup Rodeo, all during Dodge City Days. Folks, if you have a response to something you've read or heard, or there's a local topic that you want to bring to the attention of our readers and listeners, please write to us at journal at hpj.com or hpjtalk at hpj.com. Or you can always call us at the office, 1-800-452-7171. We want to hear from you. For many farmers in the southern high plains, wheat harvest is finally wrapping up after a very long and trying year. Now it's on to fair season, and that means 4-H'ers and bakers of all kinds are entering their work at county fairs, showing off the fruits of that harvest. In May, I talked with Cindy Falk of Kansas Wheat about the upcoming bread sculpture contest Kansas Wheat is sponsoring at the Kansas State Fair in September. This contest is unique and that it focuses on the artistic merits of bread making and the creative shaping that bakers can do. Well, welcome to HPJ Talk again, and we are joined by Cindy Falk, who is the uh, a nutrition educator for uh, Kansas Wheat. Now, Cindy, we've got the bread sculpting contest at the Kansas State Fair. This will be the year two for it. Yes. Um, how did Kansas Wheat get involved with this contest? Um, talk about bread sculpting, because I've seen some of your bread sculptures, and they're amazing. Well, I think we got um, encouraged to have this um, by having a display of bread sculptures at our Kansas State Fair booth. And so I was approached by several of the State Fair board members that they thought it would be a great idea to have a contest at the fair. So I said, sure. <laughs> uh, so this will be our second one. And last year it was very successful. I was overwhelmed with uh, such great um, bread sculptures that were entered. The fella and I and the kids, we went um, past the bread sculptures. And I gotta tell you folks, if you've never seen people be creative in, if you've seen creativity in um, in clay, you can get even more creative in bread, in bread dough. And it's fun. Um, there were lots of little piggies. Mm -hmm. There were all sorts of farm animals and that sort of mm -hmm. thing. 
Um, I'm a traditionalist. I love the sheep of wheat. It's just because I think I you can too. tear it off and mm -hmm. eat it a little bit easier. <laughs> and that's one that I've been shaping for years, and I enjoy making the wheat, uh, wheat sheaf. But I was a judge, of course, um, since Kansas Sweet helped sponsor this contest. Mm -hmm. I volunteered to be a judge last year. And um, you, you're right, we had everything from a dove to turtles to pigs. But you know, the most outstanding entry was that woven bread basket made from dough holding a colorful bouquet of flowers. It was beautiful. Oh, made by Wilma Olds of Wilson, Kansas. She really outdid herself. And you know, that just shows a lot of love for the ingredients. And I always say, if you can tell when something's made with a lot of love and a lot of, of pride, and um, you know, nothing makes you just more happy than to, to see somebody using Kansas wheat, our flour ingredients in a way that just is so creative and lovely. It was just so beautiful that it almost looked like a cake. Uh, decorated yeah. cake with her flowers and colors and she even used a whole wheat kernels on some of her flowers yeah. and then colored the flowers um, a lot of hours it was just outstanding well now when you're judging and and maybe also when you're sculpting what are some things that you look for what are some techniques how do you get into bread sculpting? Is this just something, you know, you, you're playing around with Play-Doh one day and you realize I could do this in, in dough? <laughs> it just has seemed like over the years, we have given a lot of programs mm -hmm. um, to all age groups, but one of the ones that has been very um, well, just very well received is our bread shaping mm -hmm. programs. And so, um, that's what Kansas Sweet um, spokespersons and, and Julene and myself, we've given a lot of programs to show people uh, creative shaping. And so when we drew up the scorecard for this contest, um, creativity scores a big um, chunk of the points. It's got to look tremendous. Or originality too. Mm -hmm. And I, I suppose that's why, you know, she scored big points on that basket and the flowers because it was original. Um, crisp details. She had details, um, design, visual impact, and the color palette. She won all the points in that area. Oh my goodness. She, now, did she use natural ingredients or food dyes? I think or? she used both okay. and seeds, mm. different types of seeds color and design and then a big part of this is the instructions so if you're going to enter this make sure you write complete instructions and submit some illustrations or photos because when we want to reproduce um, these sculptures we need to have instructions or photos of each step okay so we have these, these rules that are out, and you can find a, a pamphlet with these rules for the 2019 contest um, at any county extension office in Kansas, right? Well, I think they should have them, but you know, you can go to kansasstatefair.com and find all the information, and um, they will have details out in May, uh, which is, is soon. Okay. Um, so they they have all the rules on their website and um, 
what, what's interesting is we have three different age groups that can enter, I should say. Um, if you look and see, you oh, can right. see that youth can enter. Um, they can follow the 4-H age rules, or an adult can enter. Or we thought it'd be fun if a team would oh, like yeah. to work together, like a 4-H leader or a mother and um, several children. So a team can be two to three persons on a team. Now, wouldn't that be fun oh, yeah. uh, to work with somebody else and come up with an original bread sculpture? So now all of these entries, though, are done at home and then brought to the fair. We're not, we're not to the point where we're doing live demonstrations at the fair just yet, right? not, not yet. Not Unless yet. Unless you want to be in charge of it. <laughs> no, yeah, you, I'm good. <laughs> um, you can assemble it once you get to the state fair. So it can be assembled down there or at the county level. Um, so for those that want to enter at the county level, they should check with their county extension office and make sure that they're offering this. We know for sure the state fair is offering this again, and we're part of the we're the sponsor helping with the premiums. The thing is that if you're planning to enter at the Kansas State Fair, you must pre-enter with the fair by August the 15th to participate. Okay. And so they also have a dollar handling fee per exhibitor. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, make sure you mark your calendar for August, August 15th okay. because you have to pre-enter if you want to enter this bread sculpture contest. And then another thing I might say too is that you can use um, dough that you've made um, from scratch, or you can use frozen dough, or you can even make the dough in a bread machine. Okay. And because um, these aren't going to get tasted. No, they're not going to be um, tasted. They're just mainly to look at artistic entry. Okay. Oh wow! And there's actually prizes. There's premiums awarded, right? Oh sure. Uh huh. The Kansas Sweet Commission will provide these premiums per class at the state fair. Um, third place is $15, second $25, and first place will be $50. And the overall grand champion will receive $150. Oh, wow. So, you know, for those of you that haven't entered at the state fair as an adult, honestly, these are fun classes. This is, this is a way to be creative in Kansas, um, in, in, our, in our specialties in Kansas, whether it's bread shaping, whether it's photography, or handicrafts, or livestock. Open class exhibits at the State Fair are just a tremendous way to, to show pride in what we do. Yes, and you see so many people huddled around, you know, the showcase, okay. the domestic arts building or the foods department looking at the decorated cakes and so last year they were at the domestic arts building um, in that same area looking at the bread sculptures i you know what i always make a point to go to the domestic arts building because i'm a huge crocheter and my grandma was a, was a quilting fanatic so i go through the quilts and i think beautiful I do that no no i'm not i'm not that good now, sharing stuff, I can do that. <laughs> but I'm always so jealous of the people that, that do those things because we don't keep those, those crafts in mind anymore. It seems like 
the next generation kind of bypasses those to play one more game of Candy Crush on their phone. And uh, we don't pick up the crochet hook, we don't pick up the bread machine, we don't, we don't do those sort of things anymore. So this is a way of keeping traditions alive and sharing them with the next generation. That's right. What better state fair to have a bread sculpture contest than the Kansas State Fair, where, yeah. you know, on on average, number one in wheat production and flour milling, so... We are the bread um, basket of America. That's right. So <laughs> what better place to have a bread sculpture contest than the Kansas State Fair? So I think one of the main things that I want to remind people, if they do enter and they're taking... Um, uh, sculpture to the state fair, whether it's a county 4-H'er or an extension agent or a parent or grandparent. These bread sculptures need to be delivered to the um, Kansas State Fair Foods Department located in the Domestic Arts Building. So entries will not be accepted in the 4-H building or 4-H foods department. They'll direct you over to the domestic arts. Yes, yeah, so just plan on going to the domestic arts building. And again, that's where you said all the quilts are at, cake decorating, all the open class. Um, so and that's where also, these will be on show at. And also Kansas wine. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> you can't have bread without wine. It's, it's in the book. <laughs> so we're hoping for even more entries this year at our second um, bread sculpture contest. And it's, it's a good partnership working with the Kansas State Fair and our Kansas wheat producers to put this contest on. It sounds awesome, Cindy. Well now folks, if you're interested, um, remember you can ask questions of Cindy and she's over here at kansaswheat.com, kswheat.com, or you can check with the Kansas State Fair at kansasstatefair.com. And of course, if you have more questions than um, at your county level, go visit your county extension office and see if they're offering this at the county level and see if they can't help you out. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for joining HPJ Talk today and talking about all things bread sculpture. You've actually inspired me to go and try my hand. Now, Cindy understands that I am more of a consumer than a maker, but I will try. In, in, your, in your honor, I will try. Thank you, and if, you, if um, your listeners decide not to enter, make sure you stop by and look at all the bread sculptures at the fair this year and the fair is September 6th through the 15th in Hutchison. Sounds good, sounds sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Cindy. Okay, thank you. Remember, you have until August 15th to pre-enter with the Kansas State Fair. Rules can be found online at kansasstatefair.com. Good luck. <laughs> Your grain market prices from Dodd City's Pride Ag Resources on July 9th, corn was up at $4.18, wheat was up at $3.89, milo was up at $3.63, and soybeans were up at $7.41. Hey folks, for the first time we're combining our popular sorghum U and wheat U into one main event, packed with valuable speakers all on August 14th at the Kansas Star Event Center, Mulvane, Kansas. Register online at sorghumu.com or at wheatu.com, and we'll see you there.
Next week's print issue of High Plains Journal is our specialty crop issue with a story about industrial hemp from Jenny Latsky. Be sure to watch for that in your mailboxes July 22nd and look for additional content online anytime at www.hpj.com. Remember, you can subscribe for free to this podcast at hpj.com podcasts. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you download podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at HPJ Talk for news and commentary throughout the week. And you can always drop us a line at our email, hpjtalk at hpj.com. Thanks again for riding along with us, folks, as we bring ag news and commentary to you. And remember, as Dodge City's favorite lawman, Wyatt Earp, once said, fast is fine, but accuracy is everything. We'll see you on the trail. This has been a production of High Plains Journal, all rights reserved. Dirt road in a gooseneck, saddle up with me. Dry land in God's country, crops far as I can see. Headlights on both ends of my day. This country.